Well, welcome back to the Big Sports yeah. Breakfast. We've got Phil Moss coming up shortly to talk all things football. No Premier League on the weekend, though. With the Queen's death, uh, the games were cancelled uh, for the weekend. Champions League on again this week. So those matches coming thick and fast. Obviously, they want to get a lot of them in before the World Cup. But uh, some results around last night in the Formula 1. Daniel Ricciardo, a DNF engine problems. And his uh, retirement ensured the F1 Grand Prix in Italy finished via the safety car and Max Verstappen won the race from Charles Leclerc and George Russell filled the podium. Um, now in the cricket overnight, just seeing two, one of uh, the heroes and villains texts here, hero, I'm thunderstruck, fastly becoming the best horse in Australia, villain, Elga. This is Dean Elga doing the reverse Watto. Basically walked when LBW, the ball missing leg by at least a stump, giving the Poms the test, says old mate from Uminer in England, 30 runs away from winning that series against South Africa. After, well, no one's managed to reach 200 in the first three innings of that test match, but England are none for 97, chasing 130, which they should cruise to there on the final day. But. uh, uh, okay, so Dean Elgin must have put the put the willow straight under the arm and walked Some, off. Sometimes you you do that as well. Like uh, you have times where you just go and feel like you feel like you're dead. You're like, oh, that's plum. Um, and then you see a replay, and it might just pitch outside leg if it's a left arm bowler, or might be just sliding down leg stump. And generally, that's when you're out of form. So you don't when you when you're at your best, you know where you are. You know if you let the ball go where that off stump is, or if you if you play a ball and it moves away, you hold your line. You sort of know where the stumps are. When you're not batting as well as you like, sometimes your head moves over a little bit, so you're off balance. So then you think you get hit in line and it's going down leg, but yeah, look, it's oh, man, I I couldn't tell you how many times you don't review something when you should, and then you do review something and you're absolutely plumb. It's, yeah, Did you say you just walked it? Apparently, according to this text, I haven't seen it. Just I'm um, taking the word of so old just, mate from your minor. Right, so he just got hit on the pads. That's unusual, isn't it? Well, he or might have yeah, no the replay, but he might have just got hit. Umpire gave him, and he was straight off. Oh, I understand yeah. that. Yeah, you're yeah. You're still yeah. not. You're not walking off the field. No, that's LBW. What, I, I just assume that text message yeah, no, was more like the fact se- that he got hit. Hit. Uh, on the pads and just walk. You give yourself yeah. away though sometimes with LVW. Like you get hit and you just you feel like you're absolutely plumb mm. and you sort of take one or two you steps to yeah, the change yeah, room yeah. and the umpire hasn't put it in and then he just sort of looks at your yeah. reaction and says, well, right here. But yeah, I, haven't, I actually haven't seen the replay of it. Good uh, player though, Dean Ilga. He's done, he's done very well at the top of the order. South Africa have lost a lot of very good batsmen from their South African team in the last probably five or six years. Mm. And he at the top of the order has has been, yeah, he's been an important player for him. But it just looked to me watching the, the, the what I saw from both bowling units, whew, there was just a lot of movement in that pitch. Yeah. So hard for hard for batting, especially against that brand new ball. It's a set all in the U.S. Open final between Carlos Alcaraz and Casper Ruud into the third set there. Uh, just also on the text line, hero, the underappreciated Steph Gilmore. Uh, good call out, winning her eighth world title. Villain, the crowd at the Roosters Bunny during the Queen's Minute silence. Saw tell Steve, yeah, seriously, why can't people just stay quiet and show some respect in all seriousness? Uh, NFL this morning, just seeing the Vikings are up 17 nothing over the Packers. And every time I look up, Loz, Aaron Rodgers looks cranky. Very, very cranky. He's got, uh, well, I guess he's lost Devontae Adams. He's wide receiver there and uh, I think he's struggling I think his receivers are struggling Ooh. from what I can see he's just copped a big sack as well. look at this he has oh. absolutely copped it 
Uh, so he's cranky. That's a sin bin for sure. G'day, Mossy. Well, that was a little bit presumptuous from you, Mido. Yeah, I know. I did assume. <laughs> I, I actually am cranky. Okay, go for it. Let it all out. <laughs> I just disagree with the, the ruling to, to shut football down in um, in England over the weekend to, uh, in, in honour of the Queen. I think the, the perfect way to honour her um, and an amazing reign, uh, one that we'll never see the likes of again, was to fill the stadiums, bring everyone together, sing the national anthem, two-minute silence, and um, and put beautiful portraits of her up on the big screens. I, I just I can't believe that that just wasn't a an automatic uh, automatic reaction and decision. Fair enough, too. I, feel, I, and I agree with yeah. you. I agree with you. Yeah. I feel really strongly about it. Honestly, yeah. when, when I heard the news, I was like, "Are you kidding?" Yeah. Well, that's one of the biggest own goals in world football history, I think. Mm. I'll, I'll, anyway. I'll never say you're not cranky ever again after that because <laughs> you made a very good point. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, you think, think also about the, um, you know, I've, I don't know how many of you have been to English Premier League games, but the, the atmosphere in those grounds, you can't explain it, you can't yeah. describe it until yeah. you've actually experienced it. But the, the, the weekend game, you know, is for so many people is an escape from the mundane Monday to Friday. Um, you know, challenges that people have in their lives. There's there's people and businesses that rely on mm. those games. I just think that the spin-offs. Uh, anyway, it, it is what it is. But uh, we can we can talk about the the pros and cons for the football teams uh, from the weekend off. Certainly, um, if you think about Arsenal, I, I think uh, Mikel Arteta will be. Um, will be quietly very disappointed. They, they didn't need the break because they had some really good momentum, apart from obviously that blip against Manchester United, but I still think Arsenal were the better side on the day. Uh, just didn't get the result. Um, and they missed the chance to play Everton with Pickford and um, Calvert-Lewin, who would have both been out two, two quality players for Everton, so that probably would have got them back on track. Uh, Manchester City and Spurs were supposed to play each other, so they one of them would have taken points off each other, their closest to Arsenal at the top of the table. Um, but I think Liverpool probably benefited from the weekend off uh, just to get some players back on deck. They've had terrible injuries. Um, the likes of Thiago and Jota um, were back. Um, but still, um, Klopp has got a lot of work to do with his back four because uh, the likes of Van Dijk, uh, Gomez, Trent Alexander-Arnold and um, Andy Robertson uh, were not good against Napoli in the uh, Champions League game. What are you expecting from Graham Potter at Chelsea, mate? Well, he's uh, signed a massive deal, Clarkie. Uh, £12 million a year, a five-year deal. Um, he's never managed a, a club the size of Chelsea, uh, but he is definitely a new-age manager. He's, um, some of his methods uh, at uh, Brighton um, are fantastic. He had them humming, playing really well, top four, obviously, uh, six games in. So, uh, you know, I'm excited for it. I, I feel for Thomas Tuchel, as I think we spoke about last week. I mean, from the outside looking in, it's a remarkable decision just letting a manager spend £460 million um, in the transfer market and then sacking him um, after he'd won the Champions League and got them to two finals, FA Cup and League Cup. And he's come out over the weekend, so he's absolutely devastated. So it sounds like a blind side of him. Um, the, the sacking under new owners, 100 days into their tenure. Um, but Graham Potter, I think, will bring a, a breath of fresh air. How long he lasts. You know, whether he sees out the five years, uh, Chelsea are not a side renowned for sticking by their managers. Let's put it that way. <laughs> no, no, they're not. What about here domestically, Mossy? The Australian Cup 
semi-finals. What about this result? Sydney United beating the Brisbane Roar in extra time. Mate, it was absolute scene out of the Denser Park, Loz. Um, they created history, first NPL side to, to make the Australia Cup final, the old FFA Cup. And um, Brisbane had two penalties. Uh, one was saved by Sydney United uh, and Charlie Austin hit the back of the net, thumped the back of the net. Um, but uh, Sydney United had to come from behind twice. And then Glenn Trefiro, who I uh, I signed and coached at the Mariners, uh, he's already a hero out of the Denser Park for a club with a really rich history. But he scored the winner in the 105th minute. And uh, that place was absolutely delirious, that result. And it's a huge one. And, and it shows the beauty of the cup. That's a cup set of mammoth proportions. And now Sydney and I to get the chance to hoist the cup on final day. They're waiting to see the winner out of uh, Oakley and MacArthur, who play Wednesday night this week. So the winner of that goes through to the final. Who are you tipping in that game? Uh, look, it wouldn't, Oakley are a very good side. Um, and MacArthur, obviously, under Dwight York, have been playing some good football. Uh, but down there in Melbourne midweek, um, I'm, I'm going to tip another upset. I, I think Oakley might just get the job done. They've been phenomenal in this cup. So uh, we could well see an all-NPL <laughs> final, which would just be remarkable. Oh, now, that would be romantic. Uh, now, just, <laughs> just back... The way you said that. <laughs> Very unlikely. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely on the cards, Mossy. I'll just, just back to Brighton for a second. I was just reading here that Ange Postacoglu, uh, that Brighton may approach Celtic to have talks with Ange Postacoglu. If this were to materialise, uh, Mossy, do you think this is a... <laughs> what's better for him at this stage of his career, to stay and keep building at Celtic? Or if the opportunity is there, go and take it now with a club like Brighton? Oh, it's it's a really tough one. I, personally, I think it's media talk. I think it's a little yep. bit early for Ange. Um, but uh, you never know where there's smoke, there's fire sometimes. But um, I, personally, I think he's still got unfinished business at Celtic. I think he still, um, you know, needs to spend some... He's, he's in a comfortable... When I say comfortable, he, he knows the environment at Celtic now. He's won the competition with them. He's in the Champions League. Uh, it was a longer-term project to turn that club around. I think he would be better served staying there for a couple more seasons um, and just really understanding the, the landscape of, uh, of British and European football uh, from the hot seat before he takes an EPL job. But there's no doubt he will end up in the EPL, absolutely no doubt whatsoever. Um, and Brighton, if he decides to take it, I mean, that's a, a really good um, in to the to the Premier League. It's a, it's a really good club in a good area. They're doing well. Um, and I think he would be the type of manager that would suit Brighton, so there's pros and cons definitely, but I just I don't know. I just can't see him jumping yet. Mm. What about the Champions League, mate? Have you got a multi for us? I have, was, and it's going to get up, and it's a four-legger, and it's uh, over the next couple of mornings. Um, I've stuck with uh, all the European clubs, not the EPL clubs for this one, because we're still not sure whether the English clubs will take part. Liverpool, of course, uh, hosting Ajax, or supposed to be. Chelsea's supposed to be hosting um, Salzburg and Manchester City supposed to be hosting Dortmund, so still waiting for confirmation whether those games will go ahead in England. But I've gone with Bayern to beat Barca at home, AC Milan to beat Zagreb at home, Marseille to beat Eintracht Frankfurt at home, and Real Madrid at home to beat Leipzig. Okay, I've got that in here, and it's $6.29. So Real Madrid, Marseille, AC Milan... 
and Bayern Munich. And those games are on Wednesday and Thursday morning uh, this week. Uh, just also seeing, Mossy, just before you go, that Mass Luongo has gone to Middlesbrough. He hasn't played for the Socceroos since 2019. And uh, the race is certainly on for World Cup squad selection at the moment. So a lot of players moving around to ensure they get some game time. But I remember Luongo having some really good performances for the Socceroos, but he's been out of favour. Yeah, he has, and uh, some injuries as well. But, um, yeah, we haven't seen much of him at all. So uh, that's that's great news if that's happening. And uh, I haven't seen that headline, but if it does happen... I think that's a really good club to go to, and you just never know. Uh, he, he may not be done yet with the national team, and I know Arnie, I caught up with him over the weekend. He is scouring the world uh, for every single player that's eligible to see what sort of form they're in. He, he is absolutely determined to get out of this group at the World Cup, and uh, he wants the best players, the fittest players, and uh, he will leave no stone unturned. Can I ask, Mossy, then, what's... I suppose you don't know, but... Uh... Tommy Rogic, what's the latest with him? Did he, well, did he get picked up yeah. by another club? And is he available to World Cup? What's the situation? I did hear a rumour um, last week um, from someone who knows the family, and it's only third-hand, but I believe we're going to see him popping up at an English club um, in the uh, in the next few days, possibly week. Um, so watch this space. I can't say any more about that at this stage because I haven't got it confirmed, but... Uh, very strong mail that will be an English club. Not sure if it's Premier League or Championship, but, uh, yeah, it'll be good to see him playing again if that's true because there were some rumours that he was uh, potentially retiring, um, but that doesn't seem to be the case. And if he is playing, I can't imagine there's a, there's a player in the world that is playing who would be eligible to go to a World Cup who wouldn't want to go to a World Cup. Mossy, thank you so much. Have a good day. You too, boys. Take care. Running a trade business isn't all sunshine and rainbows. It's full of spreadsheets and paperwork. Boring. That's why you should use Fergus Job Management Software, the smarter way for tradies to make every job successful. Let Fergus make your life easier. Save hundreds of hours on admin, get paid faster and make every job profitable so you can focus on all the things you started a business for. Fergus, tradies swear by it. For more information, go to fergus.com. Yes, it's a big week ahead for the Wallabies. The Bledisloe Cup Thursday night on Nine and Stand Sport and they're $4.20 outsiders with Tab New Zealand $1.23. So 10.5 point favourite at the line, but there's been great news this morning over uh, in Cape Town where the Australian women's sevens side has won the World Cup uh, in sevens. They've beaten New Zealand in the final. And Sean Maloney from Stan, rugby commentator, friend of the show. Shawnee, how are you, mate? Morning, Ben. I uh, I was up 4 o'clock this morning and what a performance from the Aussie women. So now, just to recap, they won the World Cup the World Series champions, and they won gold at the Common Games. They are flying oh at the moment. Good on them. And the men got beaten the bronze medal match. Yeah, they got cleaned up by Ireland. Ireland are actually really good at sevens. They've only just sort of new to the uh, the seven aside sort of things, and uh, and beat our blokes who were unlucky in the semi against Fiji. A couple of really rough calls went against them, but uh, yeah, no good haul from both those sides. All right. Well, it's a huge week at the Wallabies now. <laughs> It just seems one good one, one bad one. So they're due for the good one this week. Yeah, the roller coaster continues, middleman, and uh, there's a very real chance we're going to have a sellout as well down there at Marble as well. So uh, big crowds set to be on hand, and a really high potential that we see Curtly Bill return to the green to gold as well as a 33-year-old after overcoming uh, a long-term hamstring injury. 
Get him in. Get KB back in. Buddy, what's the story with New Zealand at the moment? They're just not at their best. And I guess for someone who's – I'm not a massive rugby man, but you just get so used to seeing the All Blacks dominate over such a long period of time. Well, see, what happens, Clark, is the up and down roller coaster that we've experienced this year, so too have the Kiwi fans. Mm. And they've just hit a peak. They put Argentina away like 50 in their last start, having had lost the week before. So I'm hoping they slide back the other way down in Melbourne. Uh, Unlikely to happen, though. They'll be up for it and uh, they'll really push our blokes. I reckon we're right to be 10 points outside of Thursday night. What do we have to do well to win then, Shawnee? You know, it's been the consistency across 80 minutes. They haven't, in those games that they've been good, they've been terrific. But those other matches, they sort of fade in and out. They get one thing right, another thing wrong. So they'll have to uh, sort that out. And they were completely dominated physically the other week uh, by the Springboks as well. So they'll have to tune up that side of things. few replacements coming back in. A bit more cattle for uh, Rennie to work with. So hopefully that makes a difference too. What's the latest with Michael Hooper, mate? Uh, I don't reckon we'll see him this year, Laws. Yeah, as long as he's okay, there. obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it is a shame. But I'm also, on the flip side of that, I'm, I'm happy not to see him if it means he's better mentally and physically and can uh, take his seat in the World Cup next year. So, uh, yeah, no rush and no timeline clarified just yet on hoops. Yeah, you've got to get Loz back on a board, Shawnee, because he, he said he's never falling into the Wallabies again. Right, they get me in all the time, <laughs> and then when I tip them and I think they're on the verge of some greatness, they just bring me back down to earth pretty quickly. Hey, hey just quickly, speaking of being, uh, before we get the news, being brought back down to earth, what about this? I'm part of the Punters Club, fellas. Week one of the NFL, there's seven of us. Every one of us kicks a single leg. All goes into a multi. This morning, we've come up one leg short. $100 outlay. We've missed out on 65000 bucks. Oh, my God. Oh, what did you miss oh, out which, on? Which game was it? Uh, we lost out on the San Fran game. The clown that has brought us on such took Trey Lance any time touchdown try score, and he's cost us 65 oh, That's a bad, bad loss. Oh, how does he feel, that, well, that particular member like of your punters club? I would like for your listeners to sort of, set up some sort of punishment for Clarkie over there in the USA for his costas because he needs to be punished, but I'd like to know how he should be punished. Oh, he's a Clarkie, is he? Uh, he's a Clarkie. He's a Sean Clark. Hit him hard. I love it. Named and shamed. Hit him hard. <laughs> same spelling as your surname too, Pup. So uh, I'd love to know how he should be dealt with. Yeah, I agree. Oh, that hurts. I've, I've just felt sick for you, Sean. Yeah. Anyway. I'll flick you through the screenshot. It yeah. doesn't make for great reading. Oh, yeah. Second or third time Oh, dear. Oh, mate. Great to chat. Looking forward to yeah. seeing you call on Thursday night and stand yeah, in night. Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast and that US Open final. Uh, still in the third set. Now, Alcaraz is serving to try and make it 5-all in the third set. He's 30-15 up. Uh, but it's a set apiece between Carlos Alcaraz and Casper Ruud this morning in uh, the US Open, the men's final. Igor Sviatek, by the way, won the women's final uh, yesterday, beat Ons Jabur. And great to see a couple of Aussies win the mixed doubles. Uh, John Pearce and Storm Sanders. So they're the first Aussie duo to win it at Flushing Meadows since Renee Stubbs and Todd Woodbridge back in 2001. Uh, Heroes and villains. So give us a call, 13 53 And uh, we've got Bluebag. G'day, Bluebag. How are you? 
Uh, good morning, lads. Got us with gold. Thanks. Beautiful. What have, what's your hero and villain this morning? My hero is Ellen Hennessy, little Irish jockey. She rides about 50 kilos. She got kicked in the chest of the jump outs at Warwick Farm on Thursday morning and right. um, got taken to the hospital for x-rays and CT scans. Then mm. Friday, she jumps in the car, drives off to Goulburn, rides the first winner, as well as filling, fulfilling all her commitments at Ramwick on Saturday. Great call out. Right. Fair dinkum. How big the horse and the little girl gets kicked. Mm. They're tough buggers, aren't they? I see stuff little bit. Jeez, aren't they what? And villains the Melbourne stewards for taking the first race off Spacewalk. I mean, jeez. It was a length behind. Yeah, I, I didn't see that race. I was, I was, I was on Bonus Nachos. Oh, okay, so you were cheering? <laughs> yes, I was cheering. We're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both talking the same language. <laughs> yeah, I think we are. <laughs> I was in, a, I was in a, uh, a group chat with my mates, and some of us were on that, and some were on Spacewalk. So, yeah, we had a, a disagreement over what we thought it was. <laughs> And one other thing, I heard a rumour the Players Association are in talks with joining up with Actors' Equity. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> See, well, Loz, you reckon a few lied down oh, yesterday? Look, yeah. Well, they, what was happening yesterday, mate? They, mm. they knew that Ashley Klein had nowhere else to go. So if, if he missed something, they were going to make the referee aware that something untoward went on in that tackle or they were clipped in the tackle around the head or it was just for me, if the referee misses it, you've got to try and encourage the player to continue to play the Mm. ball. And I know it's been around for a while, but we're just seeing it more and more. And when you get a situation where referees are penalising you for everything, when they miss something, the player will now stay down to make sure that the referee and the bunker get involved to have a look. And then they leave themselves no wiggle room. They have to give that penalty. Although you saw, you know, I think it was one game on the weekend and I thought, uh, anyway, well, whatever it was, I, I thought the referee said it was mitigating circumstance. So it might have been the yesterday with the um, Klein one with Georgie Burgess the first time that he hit. Tedesco, I think he said there was mitigating circumstances in that, but he got him flush around the head. Yeah, he got him. Yeah. Uh, on the text line, thanks for the call, by the way, Blueback. Uh, Wild Panther. Uh, Tom morning. Burgess, sorry. I'll Tom Burgess, yeah. Hero and villain. Hero, the Panthers is a footy club. About time they receive more recognition. First grade in the preliminary New South Wales Cup in the grand final. Jersey flag into a preliminary. Amazing. Remarkable effort. Villain NRL players yesterday uh, milking penalties for tackles that wouldn't knock a bug off a grape. Really disappointing. Cheers, the Wild Panthers sending that one through. Uh, we've got Paul on the line. G'day, Paul. Yeah, how's it going, fellas? No, pretty good, uh, thanks, mate. How much of a corner is, uh, is the admin uh, paying themselves into with this uh, Taylor May giving him the uh, suspension next week? And one more question. What do you reckon Bill would have done, Bill Harrigan would have done with yesterday's game? Because I think uh, he probably would have got it sorted out in the first 15. Well, I think at some stage you bring both captains in and you have a bit of a yarn and say, boys, this is getting out of control here. We're here to play football. We're not here to put on a, a boxing and a um, cheap shot match. You know, we, we need to make sure we settle down here and play football. Um, 
Bill was a guy that could get control of a game very quickly and he knew how to let um, the flow of the game happen. Um, but he also reacted when he needed to. So I think, again, I've said it, and I can only go on my, my past history watching, I think he's been the best referee we have seen, certainly in my time. Um, and he was always good at being able to identify what was happening in a game and how to control the game. Um, but again, you know, Ashley Klein, uh, yesterday, there were some calls in that game, I think, that didn't leave himself with any room to move because he made a statement right at the start of the game when Radley did what he did. I didn't think that deserved to be in the sin bin straight away. Uh, there's suspension being put over till next week. I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Well, and then you get the suspension being handed over to next week. I, th- I think the only possible theory behind that one is that it happened uh, last year. And again, I-, I think he should have been made to sit out the two games this year. I don't think it should have waited until next year. Um but I'm assuming it was because it happened off the field 12 months ago, regardless. And they wanted, uh, you know, and they, what they say, exceptional circumstances with COVID and yeah, yeah. whatever, whatever was, was, was said. That into consideration. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I thought it was incorrect. I thought they should have made the decision, if you've got two weeks, you have to serve that now. Hmm. Thanks for the call, Paul. We've got, who have we got next here? Todd. Morning, Todd. Good day, guys. How you uh, been, mate? Right. What have you got for us this morning? Um, Heroes and villains. Uh, Heroes is uh, definitely the Raiders. Um, I went down and took Michelle down to uh, watch the uh, game on, on Saturday. And uh, just thought the boys performed fantastic. Um, and just all the Raiders supporters for uh, getting out there on, uh, on Saturday. It was, uh, it was a great experience. And uh, Michelle really enjoyed herself. Uh, first Raiders match that she was able to go to. So... Um, big win by the guys, and I don't know, man. I think like we might actually um, do something as far as the premiership goes. Like I, I think we have a decent chance to, to win it. I think, uh, like Ricky was saying, uh, we, we kind of galvanised over the last two and a half months, um, and yeah, just feel like the Raiders have, have the punch's chance to win it. So we'll see how they go. Well, Loz is happy about it as well, mate. No doubt about that. Who's your villain? Uh, we can't win this week, Toddy. We can't win this week, mate. <laughs> nah. Oh, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, we yeah. can't win. No, nah. nah, we yeah. can't win, mate. Nah, everything's against oh. us this week, mate. Parramatta at home. <laughs> you know, they'll get all the favours. Oh, Poor old Raiders, mate. We have to travel down, day of the game on the bus, all that type of stuff. Especially if they are, if they start doing what our South did yesterday, the Eels. Uh, that brings me to my uh, villain for the, for the weekend. Yep. Um, mate, look. If you get beat fair and square on the field, I have no problem at all. You shake the other man's hand and uh, you lose your case, no problems at all. But when you uh, get the best player in the in the premiership knocked out of the game and not, absolutely nothing happens to the guy that did it, mm. um, and then you have all the injuries through the head-eye tackles, um, that's the bad luck with the, with the uh, injury there. Um, and then you played the whole second half with no players on the bench. I mean, it's just... It basically took the contest away. I'm completely with Clarkie on this. Um, the referee was disgusting. He set the precedent. Um, and, yeah, I, I just... As a as someone that actually had money on the Roosters yesterday, 
and to win the premiership. I thought, um, you know, if, if they had got beat fair and square, that's fine. But the, the Rabbitohs, to me, as a mutual observer, um, looked like they had a game plan to knock the best players of the Roosters out of the game. Um, and they did it. And they therefore won the match. So, you know, I don't think it was real, real good anyway. That's my, that's my take on it. No, nah, good on you, Todd. Uh, we're going to have you say, mate. Appreciate the call. We've got uh, more here. I'm a rooster's on the phone. G'day, I'm a rooster. There you go, fellas. Yeah, good, mate. You got to hear on Billin. Yeah, well, me, me, just straight up. Yesterday's game was an absolute cracker. It was just shame the roosters didn't win. But my my villain is uh, Burgess, and my hero is JWH for squaring him up, mate. He deserved that for what he did to Tedesco. That was shades of Terry Lamb and Ellery Hanley. He's going to be in some trouble, I think, Jared, though, isn't he? I think he will, mate. Um, well, you know, if, if Stouse want to dish out the thuggery, the Roosters are quite happy to dish it back out, and we've got some blokes that can do it. It's a shame that they um they can't punch on anymore, mate. I guarantee I'm a rooster on uh, the text line. The South fans are probably going to be serving some back very shortly. But we pre- I'll make sure I'm on my page this afternoon giving it to them. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Appreciate the call. Thank you. We've got uh, Gavin. G'day, Gavin. You there, guys? How are you going? Yeah, good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, first of all, my villain is basically the two captains from yesterday. I think they should have pulled their teams in at some stage and said, boys, pull your heads in. Let's uh, let's play football. Because I think uh, emotions got out of the way and um, basically cost each other's team a, a genuine chance of winning. What do you say about that? Uh, yeah, no, I, I can't uh, disagree with you. I think that... Um both sides, it, it took a while to settle down and it kept continuing to boil over. The first team that adapted to playing football was going to, to win. Um, and I thought that you make a good point in t- it, with the captains just going, you know, boys, we need to settle down here. Obviously, the Roosters lost their captain in Tedesco, but they needed more out of their leadership group and they just lost control. Um, and, you know, South did the same, but they started to play that football towards the back end. They put a few points on and the Roosters couldn't run them down. But it was it was a funny old game, wasn't it? I mean, seven sin binnings, plenty of stoppages. There was no real flow. Yet a lot of people didn't like the game, but some people did like the contest. You, you hit the nail on the head there, Laurie. Like seven stoppages in a game, there's plenty of opportunities for captains to pull their teams together and have a quick chat to them explain the landscape of the game and say, let's get on with it. Because when players are in the bin, teams play football. So they had plenty of opportunity to mm. um, to, to have a good chat to them and stop them and, and get on with playing football. But definitely a great spectacle. Um, yeah, let's just hope we don't see another one like No, you don't, you don't want to see a final with you know seven guys being sent off and sent to the sin bin, I, I think. You know, uh, we'd, we'd like to see it played in a different manner. And you look at some of the other games over the weekend, I really enjoyed those contests. But I must say, I liked yesterday's game. I, 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 you know, I, I, I liked the theatre of it. Um, in terms of the football aspect of it, it wasn't as good as the previous couple of games. But given there was so much tension created in the lead-up, and then once they read out of the field, you knew it was about to be a powder keg, you know. You, it, I, I was enthralled. I was enthralled mm-hmm. watching it. What about your hero, Gavin? 
My hero is a, a big shout-out to uh, a couple of people, friends of mine, uh, Michelle Sultana and Daryl Thomas, greyhound trainers from the Hunter Valley. <coughs> Excuse me. Travelled three times from the Hunter Valley down to Hillsville in Victoria, and they took out the group to Hillsville Cup with their greyhound yesterday, Sacred Stance. So they're my heroes. Anyone who wants to get on the road three weeks in a row, do a two-and-a-half-thousand-kilometre road trip, um, yeah, they deserve every success they get. So uh, congratulations to Michelle and Daryl. Um, well done on a Hillsville Cup victory. Oh, well done. Great stuff. I hope you had something on too, Gavin. Uh, sure did. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Well done. Okay, thanks. thanks. Guys, have a no, I appreciate week. it. Thanks for the call. Uh, what else have we got here on the text line? Hero Ashley Klein, not his fault. Dumb footballers want to take each other's head off. Villain, those that think it's okay for dumb footballers to take people's heads off. Coach sending that one through. Uh, plenty of varying opinions, that's for sure, on the game yesterday. Chuck, morning to you. Good day. How are you, mate? Good, mate. I think the villain's got to be the EPL. Just to, to cancel their matches was just an outrageous decision. I say that with respect, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, Phil Moss had certainly the same opinion, Chuck. What it about... wasn't. Uh, definitely. There's only one uh, hero in the weekend was Latrell Mitchell. to bounce back from the roast and he took the week before and play the way he did and stand up and be counted yesterday. He's definitely the hero. Yeah, he had... Uh, well, you hear Trent Robinson's comments afterward. Uh, Loz, it was chaotic. It descended into a non-rugby league game in the end. The footy moments were won by Souths, and uh, I think he's pretty much spot on there, and Latrell was a factor in that. Well, yeah, well, he was, and, you know, you talk about players bouncing back, and Latrell did that um, after the previous week of being well-contained by the Roosters. They did a real job on him. Um, and Latrell, everything he did yesterday was class. I don't think he carried the ball... Yeah, you know, well, he doesn't carry the ball like a Tedesco or a Tommy Trebojevic or a Dylan Edwards, where they're getting their hands on the ball plenty of times. You know, they're carrying close to twenty, if not more, a game. His touches would have been under ten yesterday, but they're all very influential. And he he had a couple of try scoring tackles yesterday. Come up with a big play early with a try. He, everything he does is is quality and mm. class. Yeah. But he doesn't have the same amount of touches as others. Mm. So he's a different fullback to what Tedesco is, but he's just as effective in this South Sydney setup as a Tedesco is for the Roosters. We're doing the show from the St John's Park Bowling Club tomorrow, and uh, the great Josh Reynolds will be joining us. Clarky, the daughter's got a recital or something do, on tomorrow. Yep, I'm, at, uh, I'm at my daughter's school tomorrow, boys. I'm sorry, so I won't be out there. So we've got, uh, we'll be there tomorrow morning. Josh Reynolds with us. Uh, looking forward to, to getting there tomorrow for the show. Uh, we've got Ron Duffy joining us ahead of a big punters post-mortem this morning. Duff, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks, guys. What did you make of the day's racing and particularly, I guess, the three-year-olds laying down their markers for the Golden Rose and the Godolphin uh, three-year-olds in particular? Yeah, and they're hard to split. They're two different types of horses. You know, you've got little Plain Jane there and In Secret and um, a big brute in Golden Mile. So the... the you know, obviously Golden Mile ran right through the line at the 1,400 metres and she was very sharp, the filly, in secret, showing uh, good acceleration, dominating that run to the Rose. So they're, they're right in Golden Rose contention and asked me to pinpoint one I, I like better than the other. I'm, I'm sort of scratching my head a little bit. I think they've both got fantastic credentials on 
what was a fantastic day's racing on a, on a, I must say, a very fair track. What else caught your eye out of the day then? Well, obviously, Remark was his first win in 600 days, but he was very, very good, running good sectionals late to win that race after sitting wide, no cover. Um, there were some unlucky, unlucky runners through the day, so it was hard to line up. So outside the two of Godolphins, I don't think anyone missed Waterford um, to do what he's done. He, you know, a midweek uh, heavy track maiden win and then comes back and wins two Saturday races. You don't see that often. And ask me for a horse to follow out of the meeting. It's it's tough as well. But I, I'll say a horse like Minx Moment. He was in that uh, that sprint race and he was first up. And I think he's got more to offer. And he'll be winning a race or two. Not at the top level, but he'll be winning a race or two uh, this preparation. Minxed Moment. What about It's Me, Dove? Very good. Um, considering her target is the Kosciuszko. Um, she is back. She's put two good runs together now, obviously um, very sharp winning in Brisbane and then in a stronger race there on Saturday, just getting held up, held up, held up and uh, she's way on target for the Kosciuszko and I think the market's reacted accordingly. Gee, I'm thunderstruck. That was a great win down south over Alligator Blood in the end of that Maccabi Diva. Good horse. Uh, good horse. Um, to do what he did, he wasn't stopping Alligator Blood and he got held up behind the pack when he sprinted on Thunderstruck, and you thought, oh, gee, he's going to be a really good second here. And then the way he threw himself at the line um, to get the nod uh, it was outstanding. He's a he's a dead set Cox Plate horse. What is it Saturday we've got ahead of us? And uh, the shorts in particular, Duff, probably will take a bit of the, uh, I guess, the gloss and glamour away from the George Main, considering all well, the stars we've got lining up ahead of the Everest. Well, it's a mini Everest, they say, and that's, uh, you know, we'll be looking at the race and I don't know if there's going to be a dominant winner, but uh, he, he will get to see these horses, a couple of these horses back first up and you'll you'll be guessing after the race how much improvement they've got to come. And so I think the, the Everest talk will still be around, even if we do have a dominant winner. But um, I think our mouths are watering waiting for that race on Saturday. And, uh, you know, that's taking nothing away from the George Main because we've got the, well... Uh, Animo running again there, and he's he's a very popular horse in his own right. Thanks so much, Duff. See you guys. Catch Duff on Punters Postmortem and the team coming up at nine, just after the nine o'clock news. Now, uh, we've got to give a winner out for heroes and villains. Goodness me. This is tough this morning. I'm going to give it to George on the text line earlier, who made his hero, Steph Gilmore, winning eight world titles, a record. Villains, Ashley Klein. I think he was... Uh, just about easily the most popular this morning, Clarky. When I say popular mm. for the villain award, <laughs> you made your feelings well known. Mm. Let's just say I think Loz and I might have disagreed with Buzz this morning on a couple of things. Agreed on a couple, but we agreed on a couple. There's a couple of things we didn't couple. agree on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To me, I'm, I'm sure there's been uh, what's the right word? Rougher games of rugby league in in the NRL's history. With a lot less send-offs. I loved it. Put it that way. I loved it. And, and, I, and, and I'm, I believe, and I think, Loz, you agreed with me on this one, that there certainly should have been some sin bins. There was, there was yeah, a we're number, not that there was no a number of offences that, that needed players needed to be sin binned or sent off. There's no doubt about that. But I think it got, uh, I think it got out of hand yesterday. So well done, George. Thank you for all the texts, all the calls. St. John's Mark Bowling Club tomorrow. Have a great Monday, everyone. It's 9 o'clock.